Justin Kinner, Kev Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Of course, the big topic today, Ohio State and Michigan. The biggest rivalry biggest rivalry in all of sports. That game officially off for Saturday. And now the big question is, what's next? Not just for the Big Ten, but for the Ohio State Buckeyes as they are desperately trying to keep their head above water to keep their undefeated um, season afloat to build that resume up to keep it strong heading into the final couple weeks of the College Football Playoff Committee's final rankings. Uh, and we're going to get into that with our guest here in just a second. Some more reaction here. Brian Schwederman on Facebook says, "Easy out for the Big Ten, inserting the wrinkle that if a team if, that if a team missed the six game mark because of other teams' COVID breakouts, the six game requirement will be waived, so Buckeyes can be in." I mean, a you know little wrinkle of changing the words. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, folks. Look, I don't think that the six game minimum was that crazy of a requirement to have. There's 14 Big Ten teams. 11 of them played at least six games. It's just unfortunate that of the few teams who could not get to that six-game threshold, of course, the Big Ten's luck, which has not been that great this year, it happens to be the only national title contender they have there. <laughs> Let's get to our next guest. We have ESPN College Football reporter Dan Murphy joining us. Dan, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm great. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Good. We appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us. Look, it's never a dull moment right now, especially with there being so many unknowns throughout the college well, athletics world right now, not just football, but basketball as well. What was your initial reaction when you first heard that this game was canceled? Something that we knew was a pretty good possibility uh, as the week went on. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of it of like, well, this this was sort of inevitable, right? I, I think we probably talked uh, a long time ago back when the Big Ten first made the decision to play and thinking about, hey, because there's no room for error in this schedule, it's very real that there might be some, some major <laughs> issues that come up with scheduling because of that. And, and here we are, right? It feels like it was almost like, of course, something like this is going to happen. And unfortunately for the Big Ten, it plays out in maybe their marquee game of the year with, with their marquee team. That's That's really their only shot to get in the playoff right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know yet how, how much of an impact this really has on Ohio State's end goal of getting to the postseason. But, uh, yeah, my first reaction was, well, uh, you know, anybody could have seen this one coming. People who are mad about the six-game minimum requirement, I should note, I mean, were there minimums? I mean, it was, I guess it's uh, win percentages for other conferences, but I don't believe a minimum game requirement was that crazy of a, you know, of a, of a factor to consider here with the Big Ten. Like I said, you heard me open, 14 teams in the Big Ten, 11 of them got at least six games in. It's just the Big Ten's luck that one of those few game teams that didn't get six games in happens to be the national title contender in the Buckeyes. It's just b- bad. You know, Big Ten's made their mistakes, yes, but this is just bad luck that's really coming back to blow up in their face. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's probably a, a fair statement. And really, like, you know, at the end of the day, they can get Ohio State to at least six games, right, whether – whether or not they're playing for, uh, you know, a, a Big Ten title, they can play a quality opponent on December 19th and they can figure out how to get them another game uh, that, that will help them for their, their goal of reaching the college football playoff. I think the question will be whether or not they can be really flexible and really quick and, and get them another game before then to get them to seven games, which I think, again, every every last bit helps their case as it's going to be an interesting battle between these top six or seven teams that are all vying for that spot. What type of ripple effects do you think this COVID season is going to have on college football long long term? Will we see that there's a lot of conference games? There's BYU flying across the country to play Coastal Carolina, uh, Big Ten potentially juggling things around midseason to do what's right for Ohio State and everything like that. What do you see the ripple effects being? Yeah, that's a great question. I was I spent most of my day listening in on a 
on sort of a, a business conference where a lot of uh, college sports folks have been talking, including Mark Emmert, some co- conference commissioners and folks like that. And, and the two things that I take away from it is some of them have realized that a lot of the, uh, the less flexible things they do, scheduling games 10 years in advance and feeling like they can't change on the fly, uh, they're being you know proved wrong, right? They, they can do those <laughs> things. They can be a little bit more flexible now when they need to be. And so perhaps some of those, when a new suggestion comes up and the initial response is, oh, no, 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 that's impossible, that's not the way we do things, maybe that goes away a little bit in the future. And I think part of the reason that that might go away is because the, uh, the COVID era has in some way brought a lot of college football's issues to a head, right? Whether it's the NIL or the, the value players bring or the need to play these games to keep athletic departments afloat. Um, the issues that face college football, I think, were were accelerated because of uh, what's happened here in the past six to nine months. ESPN's Dan Murphy with us here on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. And, look, there seems to be, real quick, to go back to the Ohio State conversation real quick. I mean, right now the big question is, you know, what's next for Ohio State? What's next for the Big Ten? My thing is, is I think right now I'm thinking big picture. I personally don't care about the Big Ten title game one way or another. I just care about Ohio State getting back on the field, getting another game. How much does the cancellation of Ohio State-Michigan impact the college football playoff aspect of the Ohio State Buckeyes resume moving forward, or does it? Are we making too much of this? If you're a Big Ten championship fan, more power to you, but for me, I'm putting all my emotional stock into the playoff. That's really all I care about. How much of that is impacted by this cancellation on Saturday? Yeah, it's a great question, and like you said, right, they could still get a quality opponent in a couple weeks, and and that sort of plus one game that the Big Ten has had planned all along, whether that's they're playing for a title or not. Um, but, you know, I, I think every game they can add to the resume, right? Seven looks better than six when you're competing and sort of splitting hairs to reach one of those last playoff spots. And, um, you know, certainly Ohio State will be in that conversation, whether they're 6-0 and or 7-0, and provided that they, they win what's left on their schedule. Uh, but, it, you know, it can only strengthen their case to get another game. And I think uh, the Big Ten probably has to make a decision very quickly in the next day or two of whether or not they can find a way to get a seventh game on Ohio State's schedule. Uh, which I'm sure the Buckeyes want, and whether or not the Big Ten wants to to sort of uh, go back on some of the the rules that it set earlier this year. You know, we heard Kevin Warren talking this afternoon, saying, "Hey, we need to be nimble. We need to be fluid when we when we think about this here in the coming day or two. So, um, you know, he, he didn't close the door on the fact of them trying to find a way to get a seventh game, which I think would be a big help for the Buckeyes' chances. What do you think the fallout from Indiana is going to be? Obviously, they're the person or the team that's going to be affected by this the most because they're sitting right there to be in the Big Ten championship game. And if accommodations are made for Ohio State to play an additional game and they win that game, they're the ones that's going to be knocked out of the Big Ten championship game. I can't assume that they're just going to be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's a great question, especially for a program like Indiana where winning a Big Ten championship is a huge deal. Yep. Getting to play for a Big Ten championship is a huge deal, right? So how do you, how are you fair? How are you going to make sure you're being fair to them and being fair to Ohio State who might have a different end goal at the end of the day? Um, listen, none of this stuff has been easy for anybody who has to make these decisions in the Big Ten. This one certainly won't be easy. Um, you know, I think for for most football fans as i'm sure you guys think is let, let's get let's get them on the field as long as it's safe and healthy to do so let's get them on the field as many times as you can and, and hope that the the rest shakes out and takes care of itself 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting tonight, again, because the college football playoff reveal, the polls come out again tonight. I don't think the cancellation of that's going to have an impact of where Ohio State is as far as that, but I am curious, your opinion, I know you, you're not a, you don't cover the college football playoff per se, but I am curious in your opinion, Ohio State, are they sitting at four just because they've played less games than everybody else, or would they be higher than Clemson in your opinion if this was a regular, regular season and this, you know, they were eight, nine, ten games into the season at this point? Uh, yeah, I think you get, if they're eight and zero, nine and zero, or something like that, I think you should you could make the argument for for sliding them ahead of Clemson. I think it's splitting hairs uh, at the end of where I think both of those teams would still be firmly in the top four, right? So it's just a matter of uh, whether you're where you're traveling to the game and who your opponent is. So um, that'd be a good question. I think that you know the biggest knock you can have against Ohio State is you don't know enough about them. You haven't seen them play enough games. Otherwise, there's there's no reason to say they shouldn't be uh, right there at the top of the conversation. All right, Dan, as we send you out, I know that you were uh, tweeting out earlier in the afternoon uh, that Mark Emmert had also talked about, you know, the big picture as far as college basketball is concerned. Um, You know, with Indianapolis, you know, a few weeks ago, an announcement was made that they're potentially looking at Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament. What are you hearing as far as that, you know, we're so much eyes and attention on college football. Here in a few weeks, a lot of that attention is all going to be shifted back towards the direction of college basketball. If college football is considered a mess right now, how big of a mess is college basketball in your opinion i think it's going to be a, a rocky road getting to the tournament and, and we'll probably have some other interesting conversations when we're talking about bubble teams for march the march madness tournament <laughs> as well because not everybody's going to play the same amount of games not everybody's going to have a chance to play the non-conference opponents they'd like to normally play i mean when you're talking about deciding with between the the 65th and the 70th best team in the country all that stuff gets <laughs> gets uh, probably even more tricky than it is deciding between who's number four and number five but um, I, you know, from, from what Mark Emmert said today, I think once they get to the tournament, it sounds like they have a plan to try to build, you know, something similar to what the NBA bubble has, which has proven to be a pretty effective model for, for the pro sports. And if they can do that in, at the college level, it's to assume that that would work. And, uh, their plan right now is to have the men's tournament in Indianapolis. And it looks like the women's tournament down in San Antonio, Texas. And, uh, while neither, neither of those sites are, are quite set in stone yet it sounds like they want to try to have them set in stone by the end of december uh so they can start planning and for the next couple months to uh you know to make sure that they can get there and keep people healthy and safe on the way 68 team bubble wow good for them if they could figure that out more power to them they get with the nfl at that point because they said there's too many benefit there's too many players in the nfl to make that happen all right espn's dan murphy dan thanks so much for taking time and giving us a little insight thank you Yeah, it was a good chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks.